Welcome to Foothills Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doug Peak. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit foothills.org. Welcome, I'm Douglas Peak, and I want to invite all of you, if you haven't yet, to be a part of our community of faith, the Foothills family. Now, it's not hard whether you're watching online, doing church at home, or you're here on campus. If you're new here, all you have to do is text FHNEW to 72000, then you can anonymously check us out. If you're journeying in your uh, faith and you want to check out baptism and how to connect more closely to Jesus Christ, just Text FH Baptism to that number. And on our upstream stuff, we even said you can text uh, FH Giving to uh, 72,000. And that is kind of our new way of just rolling stuff out to people anonymously. It's delivered right to your phone and kind of watch at your own speed. We're in a series called Storybook Endings, and that is What Relationship Story Are You Writing? All right. And today, Ladies, I need to ask for a favor. Would you give me permission to talk just to the guys? Okay? So that basically means if you grant me permission to do that, I'm going to talk a little bit differently in a tone you may not be used to, but it's kind of guy language. And there's some rules about guy relationships that sometimes ladies don't get. One of the rules of guy relationships is that guys cannot talk to one of their best friends for three years and then pick up right where they left off as if there was no gap. And ladies are like, how do you do that? The other rule is that two guys can go hunting for seven days. They can eat around the same fire, sleep in the same tent. They can hunt full 24 hours a day, come home, and the wife will say, what'd you guys talk about? And the man will say, nothing. (laughs) And he'll mean it. (laughs) All right? Here's another rule in guy language, and that is when you're really good friends with guys, the bigger the insults, the deeper the relationship. (laughs) Ladies don't get that one. Those are just some guy rules. So uh, we're going to talk to guys today. And I just would like to start off with saying, guys, I'm going to title this, Don't Be That Guy. Just don't be that guy. You see, the world is filled with guys today who make the same mistake over and over and over again. You don't have to be that guy. The world is filled with guys who have no idea who they are, where they're going in life. They wonder why life just sucks for them. You don't have to be that guy. Uh, The world is filled with guys who live like mindless buffaloes, crashing through people, families, and their relationships with no regard for their well-being. You don't have to be that guy. You know, the world is filled with guys whose addictions control their lives. You don't have to be that guy. Today, I want to challenge you to write the best ending for all of your relationships. And that means becoming the man that you are meant to become. 
Be the man you're called to be. And it always begins with Jesus. It always begins with knowing him as God. C.S. Lewis said something really interesting. He said, our real selves are waiting for us in him. So your real self, guys, your real manhood is waiting for you to be discovered and lived and experienced in Jesus Christ. You see, when you become a man of faith, something changes in you. You become a man with a mission. Jesus gives you a mission. That gives you purpose. And when you have a mission and purpose, that's how you discover what courage really, truly is. That's how you grow strong. You don't grow strong by doing nothing. If you're a guy, you know, man, the more I do this, the stronger I grow. That's why becoming a man of faith is so important because it gives you clarity on your purpose and mission in life. And guess what? When you begin to live like that, most of your problems that you're facing right now simply go away. I mean, a lot of your issues, they just disappear when you start living like that. So in Jesus, you and me together, we can be those kind of guys, all right? Now, the Bible teaches how to live like that guy, how to discover it, okay? Now, last week, we studied Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. We went through it verse by verse. We read the whole thing and 17 through 32. And I'm not, if you really want to dig into the Bible study portion, because this week, we're going to talk to the guys, and next week, I'm going to do what most guys are afraid to do, talk to women, okay? I'm going to do that next week. So ladies, you can come back next week for that one and uh, bring your rotten fruit. Um, what this is all about is, is a discovering how conflicts that left unresolved create toxicity in all of our relationships, okay? And we went through that, and at the end of it, in verses 17 through 32, he says, here's how you kind of need to think about your life now, and then here are seven practical steps, okay? So I want to read verses 22 through 24 just to reiterate. If you want the Bible study, go back and listen to last week's message, okay? So verse 22, it says this. This is for us, ladies and uh, men. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. This is before we became people of faith. He says, to put your old self off, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And we talked about that in last week's message, how there's stuff in us that kind of taints our desire to have good relationships. He goes, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the biblical point, guys, I want you to have today from our Bible study last week is this. You have to learn a new way of living based on a change in the attitude of your mind. And the seven practical steps that we went to last week is how you do that. Uh, you can go back and dig into them, but real quickly, it's just basically put off falsehood. That's number one. And that is in verse, uh, it's going to pop up here real quick. It's going to pop up here real quick. There we go. Verse 25. So put off falsehood. The next one, number two, is, ah, there we go, deal with anger. It's verse 26. Uh, the next one, number three, 
It's coming. There we go. Be productive. That's verse 28. It says, don't steal, but work, and so you can share. The next one after that is use words that heal. You need to use words well. This is very important for relationships. The next thing he talks about is you need to eliminate bad thoughts, bad actions, and bad attitudes. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and so forth. Then the next one, number six, he talks about focus on doing kind and compassionate things. Be kind and compassionate. Number seven is forgive. Okay, so that is the list. And what we're going to do is we're going to apply these to the guys today in three basic categories or three basic areas of your life that I think are going to help you. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Be the guy you're meant to be. Okay. so the first category of these seven practical steps is this, is that you need to embrace basic truths. So he says, Put off falsehood and speak truth to one another. So guys, what truths do we need to embrace if we're going to become the guys that we were meant to be? Well, first of all, you need to put away the falsehood that you can't do it, that you don't deserve it. It doesn't matter if you try. Your life sucks and there's nothing you can do about it. The politics are wrong. Your career choice was wrong. Your skill set is wrong. Your education was wrong. The choices were wrong. All of that stuff is false, okay? Because when it comes right down to it and you give yourself to God, it says very specifically, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The potential to change, the potential to grow, the potential to be something different than you are today in your tomorrow is always there. It says in the first chapters of Ephesians chapter 1 that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything that you can ever imagine. And to quote Han Solo in the first Star Wars movie, I can imagine quite a bit. You remember that? You're going to get a reward? How much? I don't know. She's rich. Well, I can more than you can imagine. And he says, I can imagine quite a bit. God can do more than that. But you'll never experience it. You'll never walk in it. You're never living it if you keep the agreement that you don't deserve it. You don't have it. You can't do it because you were thinking in the old self. Paul says you must be made new in the attitude of your mind and live in a new way. So if I'm going to dispense with the falsehoods and the agreements, if you really want to dig into what that means, John Eldridge has done some phenomenal work on it. Every year, our entire men's ministry gets all the guys from the church. We go up in the mountains. We go through a thing called boot camp, and he talks extensively about this agreements that we make from our boyhood and early adolescent years and how these things hinder us as men. So you got to deal with that first by embracing the truth that you can do it and what you try to do makes a difference. That is critical. And so what should you try to do and what difference can you make? Well, you must never miss the importance of relationships in your life. You cannot miss this. It's critical. The truth is men need friends. Not just any friends, good friends. 
Guys that are good for you. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Hey guys, you're gonna be the average of the five guys you spend the most time with, okay? So if the guy you spend the most time with is your avatar on Fortnite, there's gonna be some trouble. Now, number, I don't have a lot of time to go into these deeply, but I just want you to understand, you need some really good guy friendships. Right now at Foothills, and this is why we invite men to be a part of our church and our community, we have between 12 and 15 discipleship men's groups. And so we have 100 guys, 100 men that get together every week or every other week for discipleship with other men right? And it's, look, you, you don't show up and in five weeks you're a new man. It doesn't work that way. What you have to do is you have to become friends with other guys who are good for you and encourage you. You know, there's a long time ago, one of my good friends, uh, when he and I started hanging out together, uh, his wife used to joke because I would call, and if she answered, this is before everybody had cell phones, I'd call and I'd say, hey, can such and such come out to play? You know, we're grown men, is kind of a joke, she'd answer the phone, and she goes, she'd always say, uh, Doug's calling and wants to know if you can come over. I don't know if I want you spending time with that pastor, he's a bad influence on you. So that was kind of a sarcastic joke. So, uh, but you need people who are a good influence on you. Guys, you need that because you're the average of the five guys you spend the most time with. The other truth that you need to embrace is this. It doesn't matter if you are single, if you're married, or you're divorced, or you're widowed. You need someone to love. Men who don't have someone to love don't do well as men, and they do not become better men. If you want to become a better man, have someone to love. And if you have someone to love, then start loving them better. All right? That means if you're dating and you're trying to wonder, you need to commit to a relationship, right? You need to make a commitment. Now, I understand why guys don't think this way, because guys in general are more interested in things than people, Okay, one of my uh, uh, books that I enjoyed reading a lot is Dave Barry. He's a comedian, you know, and he, he wrote a book back in the 90s called The Complete Guide to Guys. And he, ha he talks about men in relationship, okay, guys in relationships. And he says, this is why guys struggle with relationships is because they actually don't know what a relationship is or if they're ever in one. And this, this is what he says. Women are convinced that guys must spend a certain amount of time thinking about their relationship. How could they not? How could a guy see another human being day after day, night after night, sharing countless hours with this person, even becoming physically intimate? How can a guy be doing these things and not be thinking about their relationship? This is what women figure. They're wrong. A guy in a relationship is like an ant standing on top of a truck trier. The ant is aware on a very basic level that something large is there, but he cannot even dimly comprehend what this thing is or the nature of his involvement with it. And if the truck starts moving and the tire starts to roll, the ant will sense that something important is happening. 
But right up until he rolls around to the bottom and is squashed into a small black blot, the only distinct thought that will form in his tiny brain will be, and I quote, huh? (laughs) He goes on to say, the point I'm trying to make is that if you're a woman and you want to have a successful day relationship with a guy, the number one tip to remember is never assume that the guy understands that you and he have a relationship. The guy will not realize this on this own. You have to plant the idea in his brain constantly by making subtle references to it in your everyday conversation, such as, Roger, would you mind passing me a sweet and low in as much as we have a relationship? (laughs) Wake up, Roger. There's a prowler in the den, and we have a relationship. You and I do, I mean. (laughs) Good news, Roger. The gynecologist says we're going to have our fourth child, which will serve as yet another indication that we have a relationship. (laughs) Roger, inasmuch as this plane is crashing when we probably have only about a minute to live, I want you to know that we've had a wonderful 53 years of marriage together, which clearly constitutes a relationship. Look, guys, the reason you are married, the reason you date, the reason you might be interested in someone is because God has given you someone to love. He's given you a desire and a drive to love someone else. And when you love something with all your heart, you become a better man. Women are mystical creatures. They are mystical. They are exotic and unpredictable, strange and unique. They, can be, they make you feel incredibly strong and powerful, and turn you on your head in the same sentence. But that mystery of life is the greatest adventure that you can live because why? You are wired to love someone else. Only in unique occasions does Jesus say that gift of not being interested or loving someone else in marriage, it's given rarely and uniquely. The vast majority of us guys, we do so much better when we love someone else. This is true. So you need to figure out how to love someone. That is critically important. Now, the second thing is this. When you look at all the lists of the practical steps, all seven steps in Ephesians chapter 17 through 32, He talks about all of these different things. Like number three is be productive. You know, don't steal, but be productive so that you're so productive you actually have something to share with somebody who's in need. Number four is use words well, right? Number six is be kind and compassionate to other people. You know what these things have in common? They're all things that you can do in order to influence the relationships in your life for better. So the second thing, the second category for you guys is understand that I must embrace the responsibility for making my relationships better. All, these are all things that you can do that make a difference. But why do guys get in a relationship and then don't do any of the things that help relationships get better? Because of the spirit of what I call passivity. Passivity is doing nothing and hoping it will turn out for the best. 
The problem is, is you are not wired. And it doesn't matter if you're a, you feel like you're a mild-mannered beta dude, the Clark Kent on steroids. It doesn't matter. You can still be passive. And passivity is a cancer that eats your soul. Because what happens is when you're passive, you feel that you have zero influence, zero input, zero control on the trajectory of your life. And that is a falsehood. The decisions you make and the things you do matter. They don't just matter to other people. They matter to your soul and your relationship with God. So don't be the guy that is passive and just sits around stewing in his juices. When it comes to friends, we just talked about the first category. If you don't have any friends, if you aren't developing any good friends, then do something about it, okay? Join one of those men's groups that I talked about or find some other avenue. Find a team where you go and do something or you serve or something out there that says, I want to be around guys that are going to help me. I would strongly encourage you if you decide that golfing with other guys to develop friendships is your avenue, good for you. Just don't pick a foursome that has to drink a shot after every stroke in order. That's not going to benefit you in the long run. Okay? So think wisely. Take responsibility. Hey, I'm an average of the five guys I spend the most time with. What kind of guys do I want to spend time with? Right? So if you're married, here's where we really need to get to the nitty-gritty, and that is passivity will undermine and destroy your marriage quicker than anything else you can ever imagine. Here's a perfect example is I know a lot of guys, I've been doing this for over 30 years and so I can point to the research if you like, but I, don't have, I just want to tell you real quick is that I can't tell you how many guys that I have spoken to who are married, they've been married over five to seven years, and they are not happy, all right? They're not happy with their wives. So I get into a conversation with them, and I go, so why aren't you happy with your wife? And they will say this, 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 or this and this, or this, 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 it doesn't matter, short list, long list, everything. I get to the end of the list and I say this, have you ever talked to your wife about this? No, I haven't. That's passivity. That's called passivity. Now, I understand why passivity goes in. I say, why don't you talk to my wife? Have you ever talked? I said, it's time to have that conversation. I don't want to have that conversation. Why? And then he has another list, right? You know, well, she'll get upset or she'll get angry with me or I'll hurt her feelings or it creates a fight or it creates a conflict. It does this and I do that. Da, 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 da. And my response is generally on these one-on-ones and that is, is that, yeah, when you have to have crucial conversations with your wife, you start off, you're going to be really bad at it. But there's only one way to get good at it. You know what that is? Practice. You got to start doing it. See, passive men don't try, and then they carry around resentment and bitterness for their wife like no tomorrow. 
And their wives are like, I know something's going on in there. I have no idea. And I would say on average, 94% of all women, and you know most statistics are made up on the spot, um, 94% of all women are not going to live with that, right? So what do they do? What, what do women generally do, guys, when there's something going on, is they start doing this. They start poking and jab because they're like, I want to know. But when you hold it in for so long, eventually a poke gets through. And what do you do? Passivity will destroy your marriage because it destroys intimacy. It destroys your capacity to have a conversation with your wife. And this is the most important thing for guys is you've got to be able to talk about the important things. Passivity creates not just or undermines intimacy and conversation with with your wife because you carry stuff. The other thing it does is it creates insecurity in your wife. Passivity uh, really creeps in early. And here's how I've seen it happen, is that most newly married men, meaning if you've been married under five years, is you're like, man, I'm really happy. This is like awesome. You know, married the woman of my dreams. She's perfect. I'm just happy. I'm satisfied, you know, and wow, it's just, this is awesome. I love this. And so because they're so happy and they're so satisfied, you know what most guys do is they become what I call agreeable. They become an SB. You know what an SB is? Sure, baby. (laughs) Whatever she wants. Sure, baby. I want a new house. Sure, baby. I want to do this. Sure, baby. I want to invest in Arabian horses. Sure, baby. Why? Because he's just like happy and he's satisfied. But here's the deal, is what you don't understand as a new husband is that you can easily, if you become an SB, compromise your convictions, your goals in life. Your parameters get a little squiggly. And what happens is this, is a man without convictions creates insecurity in their wives. You cannot compromise with passivity because as a man, you create security in your wife by being a man with convictions and a man that has, he has parameters and he says, you know what? I am not ever going to violate those convictions. You know, and sometimes you'll say that to your wife and she's going to respond to you like, We'll have fun, you know, sure, sure. But look, I'm not upset about this, but I am not going to make a big decision without seeking counsel first. That's my rule as a man. That's how you make wise decisions. I'm going to talk to, fill in the blank, before we make a big decision like this. This is what we're going to do. You know, I'm not going to compromise on that, you know. Number two, I am not going to compromise. This is really controversial here. Uh, this is my position, though. You can take it or leave it. Feel free to email me if you don't like it. And that is this, is that I will not, as a man, compromise on picking the church we go to. Do you know how many guys are like, well, we'll go, honey, wherever you want to go as long as you're happy. That's where we're going. You pick the church. And then people wonder, why don't guys want to go to church? Why, why is it that all of these ladies and all of these kids go to church, but guys don't want to go to church? Well, I'll tell you why. Because 
Ladies are picking the churches. And ladies pick different churches than guys pick. Every single time. If you want to create security in your wife and you're a man, then be the man you're called to be. I don't know what your convictions are. Now, I'm, I, please don't misread what I'm saying. Don't go home and write up a 42-page constitution of everything that you think your family should be like. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about, especially if you're newly married, is just say, hey, these are my convictions. I, you know, And I think what you're going to find over time is you're going to find a higher sense of security and peace in your household because your wife will know where you're at. And the other way that she knows where you're at is if you're willing to have crucial conversations with her and talk about what's really going on in your head. So avoid passivity at all costs. Now, the last thing I want to share with you, I'm going to do it in 52 seconds, is this. That's a joke, by the way. We'll do it in 52 minutes, um, is embrace growth. When you look at those steps, those seven steps, one thing that is really important, like one of the steps is get rid of bad attitudes, bad behaviors, bad things. Just get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Stop doing it. Do not be the guy who stagnates, accepts the status quo, checks out because he's angry and spends the rest of his life feeling sorry for himself. First of all, Satan wants this. He wants to discourage you and lull you into passivity. Passive men don't fight for what's right. Passive men don't make decisions to change. Passive men don't sign up for challenging things that are going to stretch them and grow them, right? Passive men want the wide, easy, downhill road of life. As Jocko Willink says, don't take that road. Everything that will make your heart sore as a man is a challenge in front of you. It is hard. It's tough. Take the hard road. You will be so glad you did. Because you want to be an assertive man. The man it's filled with confidence and courage. You want to be the guy who says, I don't want to be that guy. The world's filled with weak men. I don't want to be one of them. The world is filled with cowardly men. I don't want to be one of them. I want to be who I am called to be, who I know I can be because God has told me who I should be. I want to fight for something. I just don't want to be a rebel without a cause. I want to fight for something that's right. And I want to know what that right is. And I want to fight for it. Passive men, they're not interested in the battle. They're interested in the easy. Passive men aren't interested in spiritual growth. Passive men are not interested in personal development. Passive men are interested in distractions, they're interested in entertainment, and they are interested in sensuality. And that's why much of the world's economy in America, or an American economy that we live, is all based around the sensual needs of men. You look at sports, right? The sports industry is massive. You look at the pornography industry. You look at all of the uh, chemicals that are from hard, from whiskeys all the way down. All these things are built around the sensual pursuits of men. 
But I am here to tell you, my friend, if the whole world goes that way, you are meant for something more. You're meant for something more. If you're a young man, your life is not bleak. It's not void of opportunity. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Young men filled with the passion of God go out and change the world. And their families are blessed because of their passion for God and their passion for life. I don't care if you're 75 years old. You're not here to take up space because your pancreas hasn't given out yet. You have a purpose. You have something to give. You have a contribution to make. So go out and give it. Be the man that you are meant to be. Don't miss it because God has given it which leads me to the last thing about growth. And the biggest hindrance of growth for men is this, is they never learn how to forgive. What's the seventh most practical steps? He says, forgive as Christ in God has forgiven you. Ephesians 4, 32. Forgiveness is the best thing you'll ever do for your soul, guys, because it helps you become a better man. Forgiveness sets you free. The thing that bind men is they make agreements that hold them back. I talked about that earlier. But the bottom line is, is the way you get free of these things is by forgiving. You are able to let go of regrets. You're able to let go of failures. You're able to go let go of the things that the world and the people and Satan wants to use to define you as a man and say, you can't do it. You don't deserve it. You're not worth it. You're a failure. When you start forgiving others, you understand God's forgiveness for you. And those things are gone. It sets you free. Forgiveness gives you a better attitude in your mind because it aligns your expectations with reality. You see, if you're called, if you're a married man and you are called, the best thing that you will ever do is learn how to forgive your wife. You got to learn to forgive guys over and over again, instead of focusing on what she is or isn't doing for you. Instead of focusing on how she makes you feel one way or another, Forgiveness allows you to think more clearly and say, God has given me this person to love. How can I love her better? I'm a man, and that's what men do. I can do that. Sometimes my wife will be in a great mood. Sometimes she's not. Sometimes she says things I like to hear. Sometimes she says things... I can't stand hearing. But that doesn't matter because I'm going to forgive because I'm not going to focus on what she does or doesn't do for me. I'm not going to focus on what I, what I want from her and get mad when she doesn't give it to me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, God put this mysterious creature that I may never ever understand in my life for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to figure out how to love her better because that's what men of faith do. They do that. And they say, I want the challenge of loving this person for the rest of my life. That's what I want to do. And you know what? When you start living that way, you'll find that forgiveness protects you. 
Forgiveness gives you a shield of protection. Because when you carry resentment against your wife, you carry bitterness, you are doing what? What does it say in there in your anger? Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil what? A stronghold in your life. Guys, when we don't forgive, you know what we do? We give Satan a stronghold in our life. When we carry resentment or bitterness, we are allowing him to make us vulnerable and susceptible to the flirtations of other women, experiences, or sensuality. All because we've carried that and we don't let go of it. And guess what happens? It becomes a stronghold, and then it's like, well, you know, I don't get, you know, this is, I'm so, just, my wife doesn't care about me, and I'm suffering, and da, da, da. And then suddenly, somebody comes along and smiles at you, and you're like, wow, I'm so vulnerable to that. And then you blow up your life. Do you know how you avoid all that, guys? You don't have to be that guy. You avoid it by learning to forgive. Now, as you can tell, I have lots to say on this subject, and I could keep going, but I'd like to just bring it to a close today and share with you this. Somebody, somewhere, has to believe in you. You have to believe in you because what you believe is one of the most important things about you. And so I have a really important question for you right now. Do you believe? Do you really believe Jesus when he says, I have made you a new man? Do you believe that? Because it's true. I want you to believe that. Because when you believe that, you can go and be that guy. Thank you for listening to this Sermon of the Week. Video footage of this sermon and others can be found on foothills.org.